chunk of them. I see. I think she's called Princess. Like, let's not probably younger. Let's not start with that argument. Come on, director. You got to be trickier than that. I mean, you weren't getting interesting. So just kind of jump yeah, into interesting, it. Interesting, but way off topic. I mean, if we're going to extend this to two episodes, we could definitely cheat and have two topics. But it's it's just yeah. a it was it's so, just a hunch. Anyway, Cal and Kumori, so we finally figured it out. No, yeah, just mm-hmm. it it. As our discussions often do, we digressed. So welcome to the Dresden Files. I'm your host, Ben, from the Dresden Files podcast, the Broken Jars Network, the only network with all the broken jars, and the Dresden Files, the only Dresden Files podcast named the Dresden Files. That's his line, right? I sound just like him, so. Well, Well, it was a little more coherent when you did it. (laughs) Right, right, because if I'm imitating incoherence, you can still tell that I'm faking it, so. Mm -hmm. It's a problem. In in the latest news, we have news. Uh, I don't know. Like there's, there was a costume contest and people won things. And they did indeed. Yes. We've got like countdowns to peace talks and and uh, battlegrounds and. And so. he did a little interview with Rothfuss, right? Right. I did not get a chance to read that yet. Yeah. And I didn't also, watch it either. This week marks six years since Skin Game came out. I know because Facebook showed me the picture I posted six years ago. So, <laughs> so happy anniversary! Yay! Empires have risen and fallen. Seriously, like, you know, I mean, there's certainly been a global pandemic since then. You know, at least one. So, yes. Imagine Trump wasn't even an idea yet. Oh my goodness! Oh, Trump was let's an not, idea. He not. showed up in cold days. <laughs> Abort. <laughs> Uh, technical, Andreas, uh, 15 minutes in the box. Typical so, Europe. It's really funny from, from the outside, like watching in on the US, though. Oh, yeah, no, it's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Right. Um, well, in, in this episode, our resident eldest gruff defends his dissertation. Yeah, right. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> I mean, this is just his latest, you know. This is my edition. latest not doing work for a day and doing a write up on the Dresden files instead. Mm. Your boss doesn't watch this, right? So we're good. As far <laughs> as I know, my boss doesn't even know what this book series is. But he's never heard of the Dresden and or files in the same sentence. I doubt it. Well, he's Eastern European, so he's probably heard of Dresden in general. Gotcha. And I'm sure they have files in Dresden, but... Well, he has files for what he does. All right. So... <laughs> hey, it's you a... wanted we're... stretching... I didn't want stretching. You were like, if we argue well enough, I we had, make two I had never of heard of Dresden before the Dresden Files, but I looked up what it was. Right. The city. Mm. Every, everybody Play, should be place familiar in with Germany. that story by now. So. That uh, never read Slaughterhouse Five, huh? I still uh, haven't. Nope. I only ever read the first like chapter in high school. Is, I don't even know I've, what that is. Is it? A book? I only read the first four of them. So. It's a lot of people are going to be real mad now. <laughs> Yeah. Well, okay. because I didn't All read right. the fiction they want me to read. Oh no! <laughs> Only partially fiction. Um, socialist. Guardians of the Gates. What about and that's it? not trademarked. It's not the galaxy. <laughs> Guardians of the Gates. Have at it. <laughs> have at it. Yeah. yeah, she doesn't have to work this time. So oh, she's no, like, you, EG so go. She puts a no. quarter in the slot. And then she pulls the lever. And then oh no, there's definitely going to be work because I wrote it up. <laughs> All I have to do is repeat. <laughs> Right. Well, I'll argue, but go. (laughs) All right. So some of you may be on the sub or may not. If you're not, there's a Dresden Files subreddit because there's a subreddit for just about everything in the world. So I did a little bit of time 
two, three days ago and uh, researched an idea that I'd had for a while about who would have been prospective guardians of the gates before winter, who we obviously know in this iteration are. Um, it's got a few word gems in it to back up the fact that we know there were previous guardians. I took the method of the cycle was basically one pantheon to another rather than being a sort of collective UN force of all these gods over time. And maybe one was just a general and their power waned and then another took over and it was all one big messy group, uh, which I suppose is possible. Um, Cause either way you still run into the problem when you come to winter eventually of all these gods waning in power as the years go on. And that's a big bad problem. So winter, which is a more permanent power set because their mantles just go to new people rather than losing their power is a really good idea. And that's why the she were created in the first place per this general notion. Um, so it started with angels because angels were the first things, why not? And it goes down through the pantheons, the first civilization of Samaria, Egypt, China, Greek and Roman because you know, for a while there, they had a pretty good hold on things. Um, Two or three. And it was Norse. Then, then winter. I think that was all seven, right? Did I forget? No, I think that was it. Roughly, yeah. So it's some. There were some interesting details. I mean, you know, especially touching on Egypt, and um, you know, I often forget. You know, because I learned about you know, the creature from D&D first, like Tiamat being a Sumerian god and not always necessarily being this just chromatic dragon of all these different colors and shit like that. So no way. Some that fucks with my sense of reality. I know, right? Like, go first too, probably. But, but it also kind of interesting on, on how her story changed, right? Because she was like, you know, one of the original mothers, but then seems like some of the legends shifted and she became more of a vengeful type of creature. He had a personality shift, it sounds like. Right. Yes. So, you know, it, taking it from like a Dresden Files perspective and stuff, like you could see, you know, maybe somebody did something bad or maybe somebody got to her, um, you know, like Nemesis or things like that. It opens up a whole lot more speculation. Um, one of the things we were talking about pre-show as well that, you know, would be interesting. And I've got like a real world explanation, but not necessarily an in-universe one, which is a lot of incidental um, types of lines and whatnot tie the Black Council to Egypt. And so you got to ask yourself, like, why Egypt? And in my mind, you know, this is just speculation, whatever, from different things coalescing in my mind. But um, you know, some of it just could, that could be just a literal like clue slash reference to HP Lovecraft, you know, that a lot of stuff, you know, came out of darkest Africa and scary Egypt because of the pyramids and all of this stuff. Uh, whereas like in, in world explanation, you know, like, like in Dresden files, what would that look like? You know? So, um, I, I'm curious about all of that and maybe someday we'll get some answers, but but yeah, that, those were kind of the things that I thought as I was reading this piece, so. Egypt being a seat of power is interesting for the Black Council because of it's kind of on the periphery of a lot in terms of the guardians of these gates, like Sumerian, like it's pretty close, it's not that far, they certainly interacted. And then also the Greek Roman 
people. It's like it's still there in order to mess with them. And didn't you say that the the White Council started in Rome? Pre-Rome. And it wasn't the White Council proper, but the White Council has existed, quote unquote, in some form or another since. Okay. Proto-White Council possibly in a similar area in order to play off each other. Well, I I mean, and I know Merlin is making it official in, in Rome, right? Merlin's got the time travel thing on his side, but if he's saving text from the Library of Alexandria, which I think was, what, 30-something BC? Oh, and shit. So, you know, he's he's been around for a good while. And again, that nothing precludes him from doing things like what Rashid does, you know, because as we know, Rashid's a lot older than he is, but he's doesn't age quite as much because of the never-never and what his job is. So he's not, you know, he's he's like a thousand by the timeline, but not in actual biology. So I'm sure Merlin, with since we know his ability for time travel, is it's not impossible that he could have been banging around during all these important events. Right. Yeah, his his could be like a different kind of cheating. So, but mm-hmm. yeah, knowing that he has that. messed with time makes it a little odd. Right. But. If if you're not following along at home entirely, it's it's kind of the assumption from cold days that he built Demon Reach in like five points in time simultaneously, or at least that's the dumbed down version that Bob gives to Harry, you know, so it, it seemed like he built Demon Reach through space and time, not just like showing up, you know, whatever, so, um, or fifth dimensionally potentially or something along those lines, but. Yeah, Bob couldn't know until he goes into that dimension to find out if Merlin did it. Right. Yeah, so, yeah, like, we know he's got that kind of power. It doesn't seem a stretch that he's got some kind of, you know, longevity shenanigans he can pull or is, I mean, I I hate to get too crazy, but he might be hanging out somewhere, right? Like, for all we know, like, so. uh, Well, he gets credit for things over the time period. I mean, like I said, right plunging into Library of Alexandria to save important texts, plus he's uh, helped set up the Catholic Church um, after the... uh, I got to pull up the actual quote, but, you know, he's got things over more than a few centuries. Right. Did he have something to do with the Castle of Edinburgh? That, like, why they moved there? Well, he won it in a contest or in a in a in a um, bargain with the the Deoin Shi. Um and that's where they established it afterward. Right. So the White Council is like following the Guardian of the Gates. Because it was in Rome, similar ish in timeline when the uh the Romans might have been the ones guarding. And I mean I guess it didn't go to China, but then around the time that it's handing off to the Fae, they're going there too. And Merlin was being taught by uh, Odin, Vaterung, during the time-ish area of when Norse was involved. Well, I mean, it, it really, it's, it's entirely possible that the White Council is, always has a representative as a gatekeeper. Um, I mean, Rashid's not the first one they ever had. Right. And he comes from a long a line. Uh, I mean, what was that? The, the RPG has a tidbit about how I think it was Don... Um, Dante's father, the guy who wrote Paradise Lost, mm. um, was a gatekeeper. Or the Divine Isn't Comedy. Um, you know, the the going into the nine circles of hell and all that. Yeah. 
Mil- Milton wrote. Milton, Paradise. thank you. Yeah, yeah. Milton so he was, guess, he was his father? I didn't realize that. Well, his father was the, the previous gatekeeper. Um, I think gotcha. it was the word of Jim. Well, um, so it's entirely possible that the White Council is always, because there's always got to be some sort of moral influence to these things, um, is always the gatekeeper. And they just pick a representative. Each pantheon has over time picked representatives or, or had those representatives. Uh, that, I mean, you know, some gods fit, obviously. You know, people like to talk about how Heimdall could have been a gatekeeper or Odin could have been a gatekeeper or Horus was one that I offered. It's super as a... suspicious if it has to do with losing an eye. Right. <laughs> um, you know. I mean, you've never seen a Horus, Rashid, and Odin in the same place at the same time. So. Exactly. Holy <laughs> shit. By God, Holmes, you cracked it. Right. <laughs> Just deflated EG entirely. Like, <laughs> he's done. He's out. <laughs> You ruined it. Even you brought up the Eye of Horus and all that. It's like, yes, his eyes are important. Well, it's also could easily just be an inheriting thing. Like the eye is passed down from these guardian people to facilitate the job. Not that they actually have to be people, (laughs) but it's an actual power. I mean, he calls it a ridiculous tool from the fates, capital F. So that might be handed down. I'm not giving this up. That's it fits too well. I mean, if it, if you do have, I mean, okay, in order to get power, you have to give something. There's always a cost. That's how Jim sets it up. So if you have the power of a ridiculous tool, the gigantic CAT scan, it's probably going to hurt to get it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I imagine you, knowledge even. I mean, that's what mm-hmm. they talk about when Harry gets the gem. You know, you may never sleep again knowing this shit. There's plenty of dangerous things to getting knowledge and power like that. Yes, they bring that one up a lot. So. so there's the possibility Tiamat was infected because she did have a personality shift. She was the mother of all of the other gods and then they killed her husband and she decided to start killing her children and now she exists but it seems maybe extremely dormant is our idea. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it was in the short story of backup that she gets an offhand mention from between Thomas and Bob mm-hmm. when they're talking about the Oblivion War. Yeah. She obviously made out a lot better than most of the people because um, she was part of D&D and she had a piece in a cartoon. So she made out better than the other person in the myth with her, Marduk, who right. battled her and, and all that stuff. So Marduk sounds a little odd because he's a storm god he has a blunt weapon i'm pretty sure so did bale in the canaanite tradition they're very similar to each other they seem to be cognates and they could be very similar to thor and indra in the hindu area maybe not hindu exactly but it seems to be that might be an actual mantle that passes through areas Sorry, I'll stop talking about mantles. <laughs> oh boy! But I mean, you know, it really depends on. See, because we never got, we still don't have the concrete answer of how many mantles existed, whether they existed and or they were forged specifically for the Fey. Um, when the whole we know the the she were created for a reason type deal. Um, 
So it really depends. We're going to have to get some of that clarification in a few months. You think we'll get it in a few months? I think we'll try. <laughs> we'll certainly try. Um, I will try. <laughs> okay. What do you think is the trigger for them passing the baton between each other? We have one hard date of Hastings. Right. But we have these guest dates as to when it passes elsewhere. Well, and just even general, right? You know, because the, ba I mean, yeah, the Battle of Hastings we get given. What's important about the Battle of Hastings is it, it marks a watershed moment, but the quote unquote new defenders aren't necessarily consolidated just because they won the Battle of Hastings, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, you've potentially got hundreds of years of still consolidating things, transferring power, whatever else, you know. Um, so yeah, that it's one of the things we were speculating about. Do you have any ideas or suggestions? I mean, it's there's there's the the word of Jim that we get the information about why Harry has to help Nicodemus in skin game. Mab owes Anduriel a favor. The favor came as a result of the handoff of power that she got was not a smooth transition, his words. And so she had to call on a lot of favors to help, which would, you know, further uh, belie that point that just because something's happening now that the new defender might not be ready, but it's the power that's got to take over. So I don't know that it's ever really so much as a, okay, we're waning now here, you new upstart, you take over when on this date, you know, it's probably more of a necessity of happening. Sometimes maybe it's bloody. Maybe the pantheons have fought over it because one was waning but not ready to give it up or one was trying to take over too soon. Who knows? I mean, it certainly fits a little bit with Hastings of like the Norse invasion and then uh, it basically gave birth to England as we know it now. Mm -hmm. And battles at stone tables, maybe. It's like forcibly taking it, handing off or just like, okay, it's your problem now. Um but I wondered about something called the Bronze Age Collapse in the Sumerian around the time of uh, 1200 BC as these attacks coming from the Mediterranean Sea that affected all of those civilizations on the Mediterranean and earthquakes and natural disasters happening, like all of those areas had a huge depression. And that's around the time where you put it as moving to the Chinese. Yeah, I mean, it's it certainly wouldn't... Uh... It certainly wouldn't have surprised me. I mean, by then, Egypt was kind of out of its golden age, or at least coming out of its golden age, um, which was a while. I mean, they had one of the longer stretches, if you go literally by when the old, middle, and new kingdoms were. I mean, that was the better part of 2,000 years. Um, and it really depends on whether or not these are on a strict millennia cycle, or it's kind of a little looser, because we know it seems to follow a general pattern of 1,000 years or so. Or at least we speculate that. Um, but yeah, and so of course then you have the kingdoms in China now rising up and their power is coming into its own, so it would have been a good time for a handoff. One Do you think... The, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. I was going to say, like, one of the questions I had, we're talking about transition of power, right? So, like, taking the Battle of Hastings again and the fact that we know it wasn't a smooth handoff from Mab like what does that look like at the gates <laughs> right you've got wow. literally like all of all of winter for all intents and purposes are there on the gates like it's i don't imagine mab just stormed the gates with you know 10 billion she that didn't exist yesterday right so mm -hmm. you know like especially because her mo for 
you know, some of that keeping that we know from, uh, what was it, cold case, uh, you know, is that she's got to get tribute in the form of baby she from, you know, various tribes and stuff as part of that, right? So like, I don't know, if, if, the, if the she were created, I guess, then whoever probably gave them like their initial allotment of ogres for the wall or something like that, and then said, good luck and figure it out from there. I'm just, I'm just thinking and speculating. I don't really have an answer or a direction, but. Oh, like the Brothers Grimm stories. I mean, so Cold Days says that Mab had the Brothers Grimm and all of their folktales published in order to keep uh, fear of the She alive. But the She are Celtic. So why did the Germanic stories help her so much? Unless they are also part of fairy and also part of She. So maybe she had to use Nicodemus to force people to change their fealty in order for Winter to get as much of the power as they need to be able to be the Gates guardians. Would you say people change their fealty? Are you talking about like denizens of a Never Never, or what do you? All those say? creatures that are uh, of reality and of the Never Never, like the She, and that they stand in between worlds, like gnomes or the dwarves, and all of those. If they were Germanic, as an example, then they might have had some in uh, connection to the Norse pantheon and belonging to their court. But if they were handing it off and this is like, no, you are mine now, and establishing that relationship and that debt. Well, I mean, Spartals are an example, aren't they? Like they're of both, yeah. Yeah. So they're they're of fairy, right? And they've signed the accords, but aren't they Norse in origin? Aren't they? So, yes. So, yeah, as an example, maybe Nicodemus needed to get some unruly people to accept the new status quo. Or they saw the status quo failing and they were like, hey, we're going to hook up with the, the winning side. Mm-hmm. We, want, we want more influence. We want to we wanna be. Yeah. True. Yeah. Do, Don't, do we have a date for the Accords? That, well, the accords are yeah with the, the, after okay. the after the Ancelli incursion in Milwaukee. So the, you've got nine hundred years of of Matt being in power without the accords. So I don't. Know well, the way they're mean. described in proving guilty, the accords are the newest set of agreements and principles. So they've always had something. It's just not these Ancelli accords proper as sure. in name and necessarily in rule. Well, but they've always had the old world stuff. They've always had treaties of some kind, it seems. Right. And like, isn't the, the Code Duello is older than the Accords, mm-hmm. isn't it? So, and like the the laws of hospitality and stuff laws like that. It's it's like they're oh, yeah. all codified in the Edzili Accords. And it's basically yeah, like in, in the supernatural power DNA, the same way as lying. You can't lie for a fae, if or a she is. Right. You know, it just seems like to be, that's just what you do. I mean, yes and no, because the vampires always like push well, the boundaries, right? By so. yes, by the letter, not the spirit, right? Sure. Is always yeah. is always the. You know, you can't outwardly be caught doing this, but everyone knows you're going to do it anyway. Right. Fair. Do you think there always has to be a fulcrum for the handover? Yeah, Even yeah, if at all, you I mean guess. like a like a starborn or just yes. I I go both ways on it. I, I think it's entirely possible. Um, 
but I don't know because until we get some information about how and what is required to create one, you know, I don't think there's always, there's only ever been, let's say two or three, but maybe there have been, maybe it really is that rare an event. Right. Like I, I see what you're saying. Like I, I could go either way in the sense that on the one hand, we only know, yeah, about two and a maybe right with the lane. Mm -hmm. Um, and we know that Rashid was there in 1066, uh, and he was the fulcrum the last time around, right? right. So it right. may be it may be that the fulcrum is new because the way that the balance of power is shifted towards fairy and the fairy being closest to mortal kind, that the fulcrum is required because now you're dealing with mortals and that's where the free will comes in. Or honestly, I think it's I think it's likely that there's always been a fulcrum what their role has been and who it's been and whatever is, I guess, you know, it's alongside, but beyond the scope of what we're talking about today in the sense, like we'd have to go back through time and find other heroes. Right. And I mean, we know that the swords of the cross, for example, have been around for a long time and they've switched. Uh, we get other heroes for lack of a better word. I'm talking about like the legendary sense, you know, other legends that we've met that refer to the swords as other names. So we know that they've transformed. We know from Harry's research, right? But it's like, who was the fulcrum when Sumeria waned and transferred over the power? You know, like uh, that—that'd be a hell of a research project too. So well, you have to imagine. There's also also possible that a handful of them may have even gone into quote unquote destroyer route, right, and been a fulcrum sure. negatively. Yeah, and I mean the the scary thing though there is like how were they stopped, you know, and, and you know, whatever, because obviously reality is continuing to tick on. So even if he did go to the destroyer, like he obviously lost when he switched over. So there's some kind of fail save or something. Well, you, like you know, the Lovecraft stuff. How long ago was the mad Arab that Rashid took down? I was wanted it? to say it was like 400 BC or something. So, okay. So or, what if they were, no, no, it's, I, it was probably 480 actually because it wasn't that much of a difference we knew that like 480 to 1066 is a long time and then obviously 1066 to now so like dude's been around for at least you know 1600 years which is stupidly long for a wizard but it's not you know 2600 years so right so even if we loosely take what i wrote down as the norse pantheon taking over around then you know what if they're they were the two opposing fulcrums the Mad Arab on the negative side mm. is the destroyer, the gatekeeper, whatever. And so that's what changes the Greek to the Norse. And that's when Rashid starts taking his, I don't know. Maybe. Alhazred would have been 700 CE, according to Wikipedia. Oh, okay. I guess my dates are wrong. So that's a little closer to 1066 though, right? At least. Yes. Uh, yeah. It's weird. It says that there was a certain version of the Necronomicon uh, written down various people, and one of them was supposedly burnt in 1050. It just seems really suspicious. You read Can't too much. much. <laughs> so, you know, if if they're all playing around, if if a couple of centuries is all we're playing around with, there's always the possibility of moving things. So would that mean that Cowl is the destroyer fulcrum for Dresden then, since he's the most prominent bad guy we have underneath and behind it all well unless you want to go the route that elaine's gonna be well i don't but you know so uh, i mean i just mean we know yeah. we know for a fact that he's a starborn and she's supposed to be too so right 
No, and that, I mean that. Yeah, that is that is potentially there. Not in the sense that I ascribe anything to the Elaine is Kumori type thread, but the fact that Elaine is the next closest thing we have to a confirmed Starborn, mm -hmm. uh, because anything about Cal and Kumori at that point is speculation on the Starborn front. But they're clearly the the most prominent bad guys we're aware of that have their fingers in all of those pies. So yeah. And so it's Cal not necessary. Is, Elaine, is what we're saying then. <laughs> we got it wrong. We've I mean, it's not necessary that there has to be an opposing <laughs> fulcrum. A fulcrum is just a fulcrum, and everyone's fighting over Harry for good and evil. So you don't necessarily need to have your opposite. You know, it doesn't need to be Arthur and Mordred. It doesn't need to be the gatekeeper and the Met Arab. But it just, you know, these dichotomies do exist. So right. it's not entirely impossible that there have been these types of. All right, fate of the world, figure it out. Well, it seems ridiculous to put the restriction that there's only one starborn at a time, or... or... I wouldn't say it was oh. a restriction, well, obviously, because yeah, Elaine's so... around. Um... Oh, Elaine is around, I mean, and like, if Rashid is a starborn, then he's around. They're not, like, discrete things, but Rashid isn't the fulcrum this time. I figure there has to be multiple people who could be the fulcrum, similar in method to how Mab had, there's the person she wants to take the mantle, and then there's a the person who's the backup. And probably mm -hmm. back up beyond that too. Uh, There's always multiple possible. This just turned into too much Harry Potter. So, yeah. Hey, who who's the fulcrum when uh, when Harry Potter doesn't make it? So Neville, because did you read the books? Yeah, so, yeah, you know, yeah. Neville, okay, yeah. Neville was this close to being the chosen one. So he was the chosen one point one. Yeah. So, whereas, like Elaine would be chosen one point one. You know, so. Or the yeah. equal and opposite. Yeah, right. Or negative one point one because right. nah. so <laughs> it depends on where it depends entirely on where this goes. Right. I mean, yeah. I, I I still think she gets a bad rap, but I'm not going to be overly shocked if she turns out to be his opposite negative agent Smith. Unfortunately, and she still has plenty of time to turn, you know, or or oh, she's already extremely or, suspicious, though. I mean, right. She's. Mm. There's loads of circumstantial evidence and the fact that we don't trust Harry to be objective because, you know, it's Harry. So, um, so it, 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 in a way it'd be too perfect, but in another way it's too obvious. And since Butcher doesn't like doing the obvious thing often, then, you know. So long, long story short, you know, just, I would, I would err on the side that every transition of power has required a fulcrum because I also get the impression that the the whole story is cyclical and mm -hmm. you know there's a lot of incidental words of jim and things like that that suggest like this isn't the first time that this has happened and you tie that in with like you know oh how long how long has this been going on at the gates you know always you know oh so like a real long time no like since always <laughs> it was I think right about since uh, Let There Be Light, uh, you know, in the beginning, God's created the heaven and the earth, and that's been widely considered a bad idea and pissed everybody off. So you know. <laughs> everybody on the outside is like, turn that shit off. <laughs> Do you have any idea what time it is? No, because there is no concept of time, and you're waking me up in the middle of my <laughs> eons of sleep. Yep. What's an eon? And now I'm mad about that. Ugh, yeah. yeah, this sounds exactly right, in my opinion. <laughs> Well, and that's and that's why I kind of like the the argument that like in the Dresden Files, the White God might be an outsider, and it, and you get into other you know metaphysical concepts like 
okay, so if, if primordial and chaos is the root of the universe, does that mean that order is an emergent property of chaos because inside of chaos, all things exist? And so if you roll the dice long enough, you're eventually going to wind up with an ordered pair and it just takes off from there. And so like the battle of chaos and order from our perspective, or I mean, from the metal metaphysical perspective is that it's really just fighting itself, you know, mm -hmm. and like order seems to be winning. And, you know, like you can tie in some of the, some of the theories, even in our current universe, which is, you know, you could go back to why does matter exist? Like if matter and antimatter is created in almost identical quantities, why does matter exist? Why is there anything? And it's because it's not in perfect balance. It's not a perfect chaos or it's not a perfect whatever, you know? So I don't know. Now I'm just rambling and my head's going to start hurting if I keep down this path. But, but like, it's, it's an old argument that I've had a few times with other friends where it's like, you know, did, does order beget chaos or does chaos beget order? Because in most mythologies, there was either nothing or it was formless chaos. And sometimes those are interchangeable. You know, they're used like one sentence to the other. Isn't so, that the, what the word is for, for Tiamat? It was a chaos, like this widening gap of nothingness, but it was also chaos. And then there is uh, that gap in Norse mythology too. Well, Greek, I think it was the Father of the Titans was literally yes. chaos, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like, but, but this really seems like it's, I mean, it follows in mythology, say, therefore who, we can say it follows in Dresden. Right. What did you say in Norse mythology? Uh, the Ganunga gap, however you pronounce it. There's there's this gigantic gap of terrible shit, I think. Translate, Andres. I don't know what she's saying. I'm actually not sure, to be honest with you. Okay. Uh, I mean, they all have some. I, it doesn't always necessarily start with primordial chaos, but everybody's got that starter myth where there was either nothing or there was something, but it wasn't really doing anything. Ginunga gap, which could be, you know, the same thing. It is, it is the void yeah. in which the world was created. Yeah, I was. I'm, I'm looking at it. I actually haven't heard this before. Not a very good Norse uh, person. <laughs> it's, not, it's not like he's like the forefront authority he's not he's not dr helzig or something you know where he's like oh yeah i just i i found this children's book and now i know all the myths about uh, he is more responsible for that sphere of influence than we are by proximity <laughs> right so then he's going to start asking you uncomfortable things about the apocrypha because you know <laughs> I have no problem with uncomfortable questions because I don't. Am I going to have to ask uh, Justin about Mormonism? Because uh, yes. he, he lived in the I, state with it? I'm 1,600 miles away from that. I don't have to answer that anymore, right? No, but you did live there. <laughs> you grew up there, so. You However, know. if we're going strictly by proximity, you have to ask the director then. Yeah, right. So. Give a shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yes, there does seem to be. There's voids and there's chaos and all sorts of things in mythologies. Therefore, we can extrapolate that into the Dresden files because all those mythoses are also accepted and true. Mm -hmm. Which... And there's always the adaptation and people taking on new roles and old histories. Yeah, and about that. How did how the Hecate is the the queens? Uh -huh. How does this transit? How? Give me more words to to talk about that. <laughs> I mean, it depends on what you want to. Essentially. Way I've always viewed it is, 
they got each each of the three aspects obviously got split in two. So they're two sides of the same coin. The mother side is the mothers. The uh, middle side is the queens, and the young side is the the ladies. And that also got rolled in with the fates, who are mother, maiden, crone in Norse and Greek, and probably a few other things that I'm forgetting. Um, so they're just all aspects that these two opposite coin sides get to share. So the stories in which Hecate is one individual, which one? Well, she's always a, well, I don't know about always, but she's typically a triple goddess herself. No? Yes, but when Hades is talking about uh, getting uh, the what, wedding present of taking Demeter around and around and around, it sounds like it's one person taking Demeter well, she is one person, but with like three aspects. I think it, I don't think it's as um, separated as, say, the fates. You know, the fates are three specific individuals. Hecate is like, for lack of a better example, in Marvel, the Living Tribunal was this guy with like three heads. She's she's the Trinity, for, right? For the yeah, like she's she's basically one being with three aspects, as opposed to three separate beings. As, as how I've always understood it. And you may be able to say something similar about Mab even still, because, you know, she shows up as the aspect of judgment. So. Well, she has aspects. Um, well, she could have... That's why it gives people headaches. That's the right. thing. I mean, she could have a bunch of different things. You could, you could talk about the cold and calculating potentially aspects of Athena in her. Uh, there's, you know, there's stuff that you can always... Because I've, I've always been a proponent of the idea that when you're creating these mantles for the she you need a power base so they sacrificed a bunch of old gods that were waning in power on the stone table into these new courts and so they all then also adopted these aspects and mythos and and areas of influence which is why there's plenty of crossover Plus, it's the only time you can kill these people. So, right. So, director, do you need a moment, or because I'm going to steer us in a adjacent but different? Uh, go ahead. Okay. I have no so, problem interrupting. Ta talking about transitions of power, and one thing that came up was um, discussing the transition of power for the angels, and why did the angels have to give up their power to say the Sumerians is like the next one in line. Potentially, you know, that the I this whole theory, right, per, does not preclude the idea that there may have been, for all we know, countless others, right? They're just like the seven more prominent, you know, especially considering the fact like if the cycle is roughly a thousand years, then maybe somebody had to pass it to the Egyptians during their own time frame. And that brings up other complicated questions and whatnot. But Right. Um, there's a, I mean, there's always the, there's always old civilization. There's always prominent things, but it's a matter of a couple of things. It's a trying to figure out the time, the general timeline of major human history. So that starts with Samaria. Two, you're gonna go based on worship because these are gods, so their power is gonna wane eventually. So you got to figure out when that's happening, and then who's next in line and most prominent to take over. Right. And I think that was there's probably a third thing, but I'm forgetting. For the moment just the the western focus is something we talked oh, right, about right yeah before, because so. jim is not going to probably dive into things like hindu 
just because he doesn't he's he's not going to feel comfortable doing it if he doesn't know it as well and it's also a major religion practice now as opposed to catholicism which he knows pretty well and could feel comfortable doing justice so that's why even though you could easily make an argument for someone like kali and the hindu pantheon it doesn't seem likely and if it did happen it's only going to be a passing mention so then it's going to go into one of those there have been dozens of guardians but here's what we're going to talk about because this is what i know right and that's i mean to piggyback on that and then we'll get back to my other question was you know it for for like the visual that comes to mind is like the the sigils from um dr strange right where you see the three areas of influence and you've got london new york and hong kong as the uh i forget what they call them but the houses sanctums. that yeah the sanctums thank you um so you know there could be a similar thing at play in the dresden files right like that's why you know it seems a little bit out of character that we've got you know eurasian influences and then china and then passing it back to you the norse guys you know like there's not always a, a an explicit thing like you could make arguments for like the silk road and some other things where some of those cultural exchanges were happening but then you're also ignoring you know anything that's going on in africa or anything that's going on you know with with hindu religions and whatnot which you know if we're talking about biomass you know <laughs> there's certainly plenty of believers plenty of mortals uh involved there as well you know as far as the dresden file is concerned so it, it does fire is another big one that didn't that's an interesting brought. one and that's that was There's one that reason. i brought up earlier in the pre-show as well because like by again you know populations and you know they had like a million man army right it, at thermopylae so you know you could easily make the argument in my mind that there was a transition from you know the persians to the greeks and maybe that's when they started to take over in a sense not that they weren't a power before but really that was one of those again watershed moments that you might expect something like this to happen and it's not necessarily to say every single one of these watershed moments has to be that transition but that seems to be one that is still you know paid dividends throughout our history i mean we still talk about that battle for a reason um you know it, it's it was a huge turning point at the time. So to say that Hastings was was one of these fulcrums and not the Battle of Thermopylae and the, and the resulting battles thereafter seems uh, like how how could you possibly make that argument? You know. So, yep. um, but yeah. So I guess going back to to my original uh, thought for this digression was you know, uh, speculating about why the angels had to get rid of some of that power or relieve themselves as guardians of the gates, if they even fully did that in the first place, right? Like, it seems like maybe they're subcontracting, you could say, or something like that. Um, but the thought that I had was that, you know, it, it probably happened in stages in like in mortal time, we're talking about thousands of years, potentially, as much as I don't like to say it outright, it, I get the impression that the Dresden Files had, there's like two timelines. There's always, and then it seems to almost fit into a 6,000 year old earth history, right? Because you either have to just take the, all the unwritten history of the millions of years that Homo sapiens were running around before that as like a lump of time, but also the fact that like, it all more or less starts with the Sumerians and before that it was the angels. And so anyway, getting into it is like somewhere 
you know, after God created the heavens of the earth, obviously the gates had to be there as part of that. The angels man the gates because there's nothing else. And then you start down the path that eventually uh, ends up with the schism, right? Which is, hey, guess what? I made this cool new thing. Oh, cool. What do you call them? I call them mankind. Cool. What do they do? Oh, basically just fuck everything up. What? You know, and then once you have dissension in the ranks from the angels and you have the fallen and you have Lucy and all of that, then that's where the angels either couldn't focus or couldn't be trusted to man the gates any longer because, you know, how do you tell, you know, Lashiel and Uriel are on the gates, which one of them's going to do their duty and which one of them's, well, I mean, I guess they all would, right? Because they're all team reality at the end of the day is, is part of our argument in the past. But still, like, they're busy, like, shoulder to shoulder elbowing each other in the face over this argument, as Jim likes to call it, you know. Well, if they don't have the numbers anymore, I mean, you you take the the literal aspect of the fallen being what a third of the stars from the sky, I believe, is the biblical passage. So if you lose a third of your fighting force in basically one big fall, right? Maybe you just don't have the numbers to do it anymore. Right. Well, and and presumably up to that point, the angels were focused externally, and now they've got to split their attention as much. Oh as yeah, sure. Possible. Well, yeah, because now you've got to, you've also got to babysit humans. You got to babysit humans. You got to fight the demons and the fallen, mm-hmm. and fight the outsiders. You know, yep. it's it's just it's tough to reconcile it. You know, compared to even some of the other mythologies, because you know the word of Jim that you include is that Uriel potentially has the power to unmake universes. Now, that's literally what it says in the books. He says galaxies, so it may just be a, a, a magnitude of scale that Jim says in the moment while he's off script, right? But in any case, he has the power to unmake loads of shit. And it may not just be, you know, goodbye. It may not just be a finger snap and gone, but he has that power. And so to quantify that against, okay, well, he has a tough time splitting his attention between, you know, diapers and some pains in the ass and all of world ending reality out there or whatever. But I guess, you know, because like the fallen have that power too, theoretically, in a way, you know, like. So Lucifer certainly does. Right. He's Lucifer was, yeah, he was an archangel. I mean, Lashiel's no, you know, child in comparison either. She just may not. Do have... we actually know if there's like, has it been said in the books or word of Jim, the power scale of angels? Like, archangels well, stronger than death angels? Death angels yeah, I mean, archang- than... uh, the word of Jim did specify when an archangel gets sent to do something, it's not messing around type deal. And yeah, it makes right. sense because the archangels are the one, I mean, there's five of them. There's only five. There's the ones that we get mentioned in small favor. There's Uriel, Raphael, Michael, and Gabriel, and then of course the fallen one, Lucifer. Lucifer. Yeah. Is that is that a word of Jim somewhere as well? Or what? That, that those are their names? Five? No, that there's only. Five. Well, they're the only ones Matt mentions. I can't imagine she would have left one out. Right. Fair. Okay. Yeah. And those are typically the ones that get that just that um, description in later mythology. There's words of Jim about uh, Uriel has to babysit Dresden in all realities, in all of the dimensions. Like Mirror Mirror is going to have it. That's true too. So it's like like focused throughout all of of reality. Mm -hmm. Plus the ineffable plan, you know, we've got to let humans do it. It's it's what I said. So the Denarians sticking to it, sticking to the guns. They're probably stuck to one reality, but they're doing nefarious shit in all realities. 
Well, and that's, I mean, that's been the cosmology conclusion as well is that, you know, like this is our Harry fighting this part of our battle, but like in all of the multiverse, there are always Harry's or, or somebody like Harry always carrying the fight. And theoretically the archangels and, you know, like angel and up at least are outside of our universe and they're part of the multiverse. Uh, is has been some of the conjecture. I don't think it's ever been concluded in any way. Um, so yeah, so like theoretically, Uriel is yeah dealing with that across all of the universes. You know, he's the same Uriel is the speculation, right? As in, right. that's he's also the same. It's, it's a matter of where is the cutoff? Is the cutoff at someone like the mothers who are the same in all realities, or is it at? Because I don't think there are. There's only one Mab. I have to imagine there's multiples. Yeah, right. I would have to say almost anyone who isn't Archangel level is probably the right. one per so dimension. I, you know, I could see maybe the mothers being the only ones across dimension, um, but even that, I wouldn't be surprised if they weren't. You know, it's probably angels. They get there's, there's another word of Jim that calls them a you know Uriel VIP of creation. I have mm-hmm. to imagine that kind of access is important. You gotta you gotta be able to know and do everything. Right, and I mean is. Go ahead. I'm saying I think that the pre- pretty much like angel level, God angel level, they cre- create a reality uh, out of the what well, presumably nothing as there was before. So anything below that, even if they created the mothers way back in the day, that's one per reality, one per split in the in the timelines. That's just that's not where I think it cuts off at least. Yes, probably. I mean, I I also the reason I include the mothers is because of the intellectus thing. Is because they have it, angels have it. Um, that seems like a kind of, and you know, Demon Reach has it, even if it's only on his own shores. But we know he was created or, or harnessed over. You know, reality was screwed with to do that. So things like that, if you can see, if you can answer basically any question by thinking about it, it wouldn't surprise mm-hmm. me if you had that kind of cosmic awareness to sort of just be the only one across all the realities. That might be the cutoff. Like intellectus level is the you, you're one per reality. Perhaps that was just, that, that, yeah. that was it's, what I defaulted to. It's not necessarily the truth, but right. it sounded good. In cold days, Mother Summer says there's all these new futures, and then Winter says too many bright ones. Mm-hmm. And that could easily be localized to just the it world. It could be. But... It's but it's also vague enough. It could be. Across exactly. dimensions. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I'm sure she's at she's at the cusp that she understands that each of those is a branch into another multiverse. Blah blah blah. Depending on how you want to carry, like the Einstein Rosen, you know, <laughs> multi. Uh, what's the other word? Deterministic and things like that. You know, but mm-hmm. like we know many worlds. Right. We know in Mirror Mirror we're going to get some of those answers. We almost have to, right? So, you know, we're, we know that we're going to deal potentially with a, an adjacent Dresden who has also attacked other adjacent Dresdens. And so, you know, the the question there becomes like, is is this hierarchy and this this fulcrum and everything set up to be resilient enough that if we, if Dresden is the fulcrum for m- several multiverses, then you know like if he's taken out of play who's next in line you know is is molly the neville or you know whatever um and then you know the problem you get into the multiverse thing is like if they're all 
one decision off or they're all like one atom off and you get all of these like tiny insignificant us types of permutations and you get to the point where you know like take the one right like let's just keep obscure crazy ass pop culture references coming that was right? a good so, movie i know i love that movie <laughs> Jet Li, jason statham right so it's like there's a universe out there where where you're a different one and there's a universe out there where you're a bad guy and a cop and there's one where you're a woman and you know so like you but you get like local changes and then you get crazy changes right you get local change would be like in one universe elaine is the starborn and harry is the damsel in distress and then you get the crazy changes where like harry These things is, never happened right but i'm i'm thinking even like crazier than that but still like we can think about it in the sense that it's like harry dresden isn't a wizard he's literally just batman he's a billionaire playboy and still the fulcrum or something you know just yeah. you know crazy shit like that but you know like that's what a multiverse gets you because i thought of it potentially you know that's that's a thing out there you know uh instead of there being like wizards it's the league of extraordinary gentlemen and you just have a bunch of rich old guys adopting orphans to go fight evil or whatever i don't know i'm like i said i'm just getting crazy now you're well like academy somebody out there right now is writing this shit down they're like no keep talking so no but uh well it, it depends be. on it depends on how close i mean if you go by the literal infiniteness of it right. there's literally a reality where everything is going to be exactly the same in your life except one day maybe out of the blue you just snap your finger <laughs> and then, right. for no reason and then everything Smaller else goes out exactly the same as everything else in the other and, reality like the right. changes could be infinitesimally small right yeah, if no, an electron and, could have been in another position in one instant that's a branch and then in the next instant right. that's a branch which that's is why, why the I many know. worlds is mind-bogglingly infinite which right. is why i think it's probably a little more like okay the fulcrum can spawn off these realities and it comes in these major events uh. these major decisions these major choices right now it's possible that every single little permutation of a human choice that could go an infinite number of ways spawns a different reality but i don't know that that's really the case that would at least keep it uh more tangible like harry right. made the decision to go to war with the red court to get susan right and so if he made the other decision that's why it's a split but there are moments like uh in deadbeat when guard says that he should have died in that alley right. that's the point where it's yeah. like you know that is different he did it, die it in another reality split there and yeah. yeah and what happened to that reality like exactly. obviously it still ticks on because i well, i want to say don't we get like a word of jim where it's like if harry falls it's for all reality right like if so if at any point or or is that one of uh one of the cosmology speculation we had you know like it's it's an all or nothing thing so like that then begets the question Harry obviously has died in at least some of these realities. So those realities are either vulnerable or somebody else has picked up, for lack of a better word, uh, the mantle of, of the chosen one. Uh, you know, so like if the outsiders get into one of these realities, do they get into all of them and then it's game over? Okay, yeah, right. If the outsiders get into one of the realities, does it happen to many of them? I remember that question, but whether the whole dimension ends if Harry dies, that's new because there are other people trying to take up the mantle. Nicodemus is trying himself, right? So Theoretically, in, if he died yeah. in, if Harry died in Deadbeat, let's say Cal got the Dark Hallow and everything, but right. Nicodemus is still kicking. He'd still be able to defend against the outsiders. 
maybe. We, we know that the will is there. That doesn't mean necessarily mean that mm. Nicodemus is capable of it either, right? Like it's certainly if, I so mean, like, let's, let's carry that through specifically for Deadbeat. Harry dies, Cal wins, Cal becomes godling. What do you think Nicodemus is going to do about it? Like, does Nicodemus full on bind, you know, with Anduriel to get access to that power so that he can fight it? Or does Nicodemus get squished on his way to squish the White Council? Uh, he's going to take advantage of the situation as much as he can with all the doom and gloom and despair, the uh, end of days speculation that people would have, uh, get as much as he can. Uh, and I mean, we don't know exactly what Cal is trying to do. Right. But Cal does seem to be in league with outsiders. So. Oh, yeah. He certainly yeah. has access or, to Or them. at least is, has no qualms about using them to his own ends or using people who use them to his own ends. Right. I mean, he's responsible for passing along the nemesis after me, and he works with Vittorio, who summons an outsider, and he's got the Red Court, who clearly don't care about summoning outsiders for their gain. Right. So, I mean, he's, I, I would not be surprised whatsoever, but they're, they've always struck me. I don't, there's always like, there's team reality, and then there's team outside. And then within that, there's always subsets of, okay, there's, Nicodemus, who is team reality, but only because all his stuff is here and he wants to rule it. And all these pesky mortals are the security risks. So let's just get rid of them and I'll run the show. And then there's guys like Cowell, who you don't know what their end is. They probably don't want everything to stop spinning, but they also have the arrogance to think that they can control the narrative, so to speak, and everything will come out in their favor too. I don't know that you have a character like what's his name in dogma who basically wants everything to facilitate because he wants all of reality to stop because he's pissed at god i don't know that there's anyone doing that on that particular side but it's possible that's another uh, motivation cal and kamori right. probably want to halt reality as it is and remake it in what they want because that's what kamori was saying to end death right. sure so, but like, you seem to think that you don't i mean for all the outsider influence if that dark hall went off and he got that power just from doing it where he was doing it, that doesn't require the outsiders. No. Right. right. Oh, but you I at that point you have the reality to you have the ability to fight them too. Right. You, yeah. It also it also might just be the line that Kumori was given. Like mm -hmm. I, I I don't know. I didn't really get the impression that Cal's motivation was to end death. It just might have been what Kumori needed to hear to sign on. Yeah, yeah I mean she could be we don't know she could be infected in some way of like if she is a healer but she's also trying to like kill people you know like a deviation of what she was right and whatever cow's motivations are but she believes that that's what he's going to do or can't allow to happen because what she says is ours is a calling right or she's just happy with them just by the means right you know sacrifice these million and but then nobody ever else has to die Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it becomes. I mean, for, yeah. From well, even worse, from an external perspective, it becomes like a paradox. Right. So, I need to sacrifice these million people to end death. But if I can end death and literally bring bring people back to life, do I just immediately turn around and resurrect them, and therefore no harm, no foul? But if you're, you know, a high level wizard, you got to know that's not how the universe works. Well, then you got the reverse Thanos problem is now you've got people being born and not dying and born and not dying and you're running out of space and you're running out of resources and then what? Well, yeah, but that's a that? macroscopic problem. Like that's for big G to worry about. Like, <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I, I mean, I guess you, on the you planet, get, if you get his attention by rewriting reality like that, you probably haven't done yourself any favors. Yeah. And you're not human anymore at that point, so he can go and send Yuri to poke you. Probably. I mean, that that should be the real concern. <laughs> like, it's it is it definitely seems like the right kind of misguided and short-sighted to make it work. Right? Is that you start with the premise that you're just fully bought into, whether it's right or not. Obviously, it's not. You know, because if you expand your scope a little bit and you think about the ramifications, it's short-sighted, so it can't be the full right answer. Because it's like, okay, you kill a million people, you get this godlike, godlike power, but only in the sense that it puts you on like Mab's level. That still means Uriel's going to show up and he's going to go bink and just squish your head, you know, theoretically. Because again, you're not mortal for the intents and purposes that matter. You know, you've you've now been promoted and you're way out of your fucking league. <laughs> you know, so it's like, man, it's a real shame that you you broke our anthill and you fucked up the White Council and shit. But I'm just gonna drop this elbow on your forehead and then you know the world will continue to spin on. Mm-hmm. So yeah. For my next trick. Dark Alice. Yeah, the the power to destroy cowl is insignificant to the power of the force, so you know unmaking universes whatever are we going to do a part two should we wind this up uh perhaps we can uh, we <laughs> could just go off into more uh cosmology let's make our heads hurt next time right because yeah. my head hurts enough as it is yeah we'll take some ibuprofen or whatever the fuck you call it and get you on to Jordan. jordan yeah <laughs> Right? Did I pronounce that? Headache and stuffing? No, sorry, that's German. No. We we do have ibuprofen, but we that's not the recommended thing to take here. What is beetroot? Uh, Parsimortal, I think it's called. Paracetamol. Yeah. Isn't that ibuprofen in England? Yeah, but or... it's fancier. <laughs> oh, there, there's it's the, the, it's different. It's different. Um... Okay, so it's Tylenol. Come on, go with our brand <laughs> names. No, so you still have cocaine ibuprofen. in it. I'm it saying the name of the like the ingredient because that like the brand names are different, right? Really? So that's what. Yeah, and and the one with ibuprofen in it is you're not supposed to take that uh, unless you like really have to. <laughs> unless you're dying. <laughs> But what if you feel like you're dying, or what if you are inconvenienced, or what if you what if you're American? So, this has been the Dresden Files. Has it the, though? The only podcast named the Dresden Files that talks about the Dresden Files podcast, podcast something something dark and side, everything else, and the cosmology. And, no, everything and the else gates. is next week. Yes. So I was going to say, do we talk about that? Yeah. So, we have a date. It's, you know, all the shit that we talk about that I like to try to interrupt when the cold opens. It's like, yeah, we're going to we're gonna do more of that. And I'm... So we, we decided to take the concept of the cold open and make it an entire <laughs> podcast. That's going to go so well. We don't know what we're going to talk about. Just the director's going to poke us with something that she knows is going to make us mad and then start recording. So Yeah, or heads hurt. You know, just we're just going to do that. All the shit that we have, the conversations that we have while we're not recording, we're now going to record it. And we have called it while we're not recording. Yeah. yeah. Next week. Yeah. Coming to a podcast app near you. Yeah. Which app? Whatever. All of them. Any, all of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Remember what we have set up? They're all in a like a. It's actually going to be streaming in um, Midtown in Times Square. It's unfortunate because nobody's there to read it right and listen to it right now. But we're going to do it anyway. But that's why it was so easy to get it there. Like it's right. super they're, cheap they're to desperate. Get. Yeah. <laughs> 
any other uh, podcasts we need to talk about or anything like that? I think they're we all have, on hiatus. We, that's because we'd have to we'd have to do another podcast. Yeah. So that's why we're doing this one. Hooray! Well, we're not recording, but we're recording it. Yeah. You gotta say high fantasy is on hiatus. No, you don't have to say that. Ben says that because he thinks he's clever. He was filling we've, in for Ben. We've evolved past Ben. We are in a post-Ben podcast world. <laughs> I mean, this time. So it's yeah. not like he's dead or anything. Just We don't know that. Not yet. So. Don't crush Don't yeah. crush EG streams. That's not even cool. I'll just talk about Mantle some more. He shuts up real quick when I do that. Yeah. No, it's not. We've gotten through the main topic. I'll 